0: Hello and welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with me, Lou Newton and James Hansen.
1: In this episode, who are the Houthi rebels causing chaos in the Red Sea? And what next after the US and UK launched airstrikes on them? (laughs)
0: A militia group who control parts of Yemen have vowed to punish the US and the UK for their strikes on Yemen. It came after the Iran-backed group ignored warnings to stop their campaign against shipping in the Red Sea.
1: It happened on Thursday. The US and the UK hit Houthi positions with attacks launched by air and sea. Abby Cheeseman is a Times correspondent in the region.
2: There was a fairly significant amount of strikes. According to the Houthi count, there were 73 strikes um, and they hit across five governorates uh, in the rebel-held parts of Yemen. And so they were not at all contained to the coastal area that we probably initially would have expected. They hit 16 different sites is what we are currently understanding.
0: Now, the Houthis have warned that a retaliation is coming. But who are this group who Started attacking ships. Well, they emerged in the 90s, and since 2014, they've been fighting a civil war against the Yemeni government. That government is supported against the group by a group of Arab nations led by Saudi Arabia and the UAE.
1: The Houthis currently control the Yemeni capital and most of the north, where over half of the country's population live. They're religious revivalists who follow a branch of Shia Islam, and they've long been vocal about their dislike of Israel and America.
0: They're backed by Iran. They have Iranian weapons and tech, and they've been trained in Iranian military camps. Iran sees the group as a valuable part of what it calls its axis of resistance, which also includes Hezbollah in Lebanon and Hamas in Gaza, all of which are now attacking Israeli targets. And the Houthis have been launching missiles at ships in the Red Sea because they think they're linked to or supporting Israel.
1: So why are the US and UK now hitting Houthi targets? Well, the effect of their Red Sea attacks is huge damage to the global shipping industry, and that's threatening international trade and economies. Abby told The World in 10 this is an opportunistic moment for the Houthis.
2: The Houthis, according to analysts, have been building up their anti-ship missile systems, and they've been amassing them over much of the past decade with a lot of help from Iran. And so the timing of their attacks on the global shipping routes is really a golden ticket for the Houthis, because it both lends them so much legitimacy at a time where, you know, they were not widely being talked about in the region. You know, they they haven't just started amassing these weapons since the war in Gaza started. Iran and the Houthis have clearly had some naval aims for quite a long time. And so it more seems that this is kind of a broader Iranian strategy, try and bring the Houthis into the, the shadow war with the West and with Israel that has been operating in this like maritime shadow
0: war situation for many years now. The US and UK strikes were carried out with support from a multinational coalition that was formed to patrol the Red Sea when these Houthi attacks started, and it includes Bahrain, Canada and the Netherlands. Abby told us that the Western coalition felt they needed to act.
2: Obviously, they want to send a message to the Houthis that they are very serious about stopping these attacks on the Red Sea and the global shipping routes. Uh, but at the same time, the widespread nature of these attacks kind of shows that they are definitely trying to bring down some of the their anti-naval missile capabilities the problem is is that these strikes aren't going to eliminate the threat of Houthis' naval capabilities in one series of strikes. And the UK and the US are going to be very wary of being dragged into a cycle of airstrikes in Yemen because they do not want a regional war.
1: Now, coalition warships are prepared for retaliatory strikes from the Houthis, but that could lead to another war in the Middle East, this time directly with the West.
2: You know, every Houthi leader that I've spoken to today has said that, you know, there will absolutely be a response to this. It will not go unpunished. They've said that they will attack the source. So it's very possible that we will see attempted attacks on British and American vessels. There's a huge risk at the moment. And you know, the coalition will be extremely wary of not getting trapped into this uh, cycle of back and forth strikes. There's definitely a serious concern around how this back and forth Will continue and how far it can go without
0: another complete branch of war opening and you can stay up to date with everything going on in the region on the times's website now Fingerprints have been used to solve crimes for over a hundred years, but now scientists in the U.S. claim to have used artificial intelligence to make a massive breakthrough. They've linked prints from separate fingers at separate crime scenes to the same person. Kaya Burgess is the Times' science reporter. Kaya, tell us more about what these scientists have discovered.
3: Well, we all know that fingerprints are unique, so you know my fingerprints are different from yours, different from everybody else's. But what might be less known is that. Fingerprints are also unique between the fingers on an individual person's hands. So let's say that a burglar leaves a thumbprint at one crime scene, but then they leave a print from a different finger, say an index finger at a different crime scene. There is supposedly no way to know from the prints that they come from the same person because all these prints are unique. What these researchers have found is that by using AI, analysing tens of thousands of fingerprints, some taken from different people, some taken from two fingers from the same person, this AI system has managed with 88% accuracy to tell when two prints have come from the same person. And this overturns 120-odd years of of forensic science and thinking and has proved quite a controversial finding
1: among forensic scientists, I think. And, Kaya, how could this change the way that crimes are investigated?
3: So it could be useful in investigations, quite simply for the fact that, let's say, you've got five different burglaries and you've got prints from all of them but none of the prints match because they might be from different people but they also might be from the same person but just different fingers so for example police would be able to tell if this system could get up to an even higher level of accuracy they could tell actually hold on we're not looking for five different burglars here we're only looking for one because these prints actually we can tell they've come from the same person or equally it could help to eliminate people as suspects because they could then tell that well this print didn't come from them sometimes police might only have have partial prints on file for a particular individual and if they find a different finger print well it wouldn't match would it but if they could use this system they might be able to link it to someone that they've got on file already for example that's the hope from the researchers certainly
1: kaya thank you so much
0: any movie remake ever as good as the original. I'm not so sure, but I'm about to find out with one of my favorites, because the new version of one of the most iconic films of the noughties is being released in the US today. Get in,
2: loser. Regina George is a scum-sucking life-runner. Why is he by our table? I can hear you, by the way. Can you hear me now? Oh
1: yes, Mean Girls is back. This version is based on the Broadway musical and Renee Rapp, who plays Regina George, has been interviewed for Today's Times by our assistant arts editor, Blanca Schofield. One of the questions Blanca asks her is what her favourite Regina George put-down is. I and... know mine! <laughs> well, it's not! Stop trying to make fetch happen. You can read it right now with your digital subscription.
0: When teenage tennis sensation Emma Raducanu won the US Open aged just 18, expectations were high for her future career. But since then, the British player has struggled a bit. But ahead of her Grand Slam return at next week's Australian Open, Raducanu has been passing on advice to other teenage stars. And one of those is 16-year-old Luke Littler. He's recently reached the final of the World Darts Championship.
1: Raducanu says young sports people should take time to actually enjoy their success and keep a tight inner circle. And Emma actually spoke to the World in 10 last year and said something very similar. Well I think it's just very important to surround yourself with good people, people who you trust people in your close circle and stick to that. I think anyone in in a high position or a, a public position I think We'll always have people, a lot of people wanting to surround you with. So I think, for
0: me, it's just important keeping a tight-knit circle of people who I really trust.
1: Good luck, Emma. In the Australian Open, the tournament begins on Sunday.
0: And don't forget, The World in 10 is back this weekend, where we'll keep you posted on the results of the hugely significant election in Taiwan. If you want to learn more right now, though, listen back to yesterday's episode when we spoke to The Times' Asia editor, Richard Lloyd-Parry. Thanks
1: for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow.